2: Hi, welcome back to Straight Talk with Sandra Reish. I hope you guys had a great week. Uh, today we're tackling a really huge topic and one that's so relevant to so many of you out there and we're very excited about it. Before I go any further, I'll tell you what it is. It's anxiety. Now, many of us, if not all of us, know someone who suffers with anxiety and we're going to talk about, talk about today why it's so much on the rise. Um, we've had really great response from you guys from last week's show, so thank you so much and please feel free. Free to call in at 1 472 5791 with any questions or email us at info at com. Tonight, we're going to have whoever calls in or sends an email question. Somebody's going to win a free DVD from anxietyvideos.com on how to overcome anxiety. So uh, let me start by introducing my special guest today. I could not be more excited to have her here with me. Um, she is a very dear friend, but more importantly for you guys out there, she's an incredible specialist in anxiety. She happens to work for my team at the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression. Let me tell you a little bit about this girl. I met her very randomly and uh, I sat down with her. She was actually looking to rent an office. Do you remember that, Georgia? I do. I do. I do. Uh, She said to me she was looking for an office. The ironic part about that is I don't know if you believe in meant to be, but I had never advertised for somebody to look for an office. Um, I sat down with her, and within five minutes, I begged her to join the team. Why? Listen to this. 20 years of teaching and counseling. She has a degree in psychology and education, uh, a master's with distinction in art therapy. Uh, Here's the part that blew me away. She's this beautiful, small, petite girl. She is a two-time Canadian jiu-jitsu champion. And I said to myself, anyone who can become a jiu-jitsu champion must know a great deal about life because there's so much discipline involved with that. She also runs four incredible podcasts of her own, and she is um, my co-director in anxietyvideos.com, a true specialist. Welcome to the show, Georgia.
3: Oh, thank you so much, Sandra, for having me here today. I, right away when I met Sandra she wowed me. She wowed me with how open you were, how great you are with people. And I loved the way that you are so genuine with what you say. And so I'm so happy to be here on the show. I'm so happy to be your friend and to be part of the team. So thank you.
2: So we take anxiety at the clinic extremely seriously. We have a clinic here in Montreal, the Montreal Center for anxiety and depression. And this is what we do, is we help people with anxiety. So we really wanted today's show to give anyone who's listening the nitty gritty on anxiety. Why is it on the rise? What anxiety is? Because it's not the same as fear. We're going to talk about that. And both Georgia and I are very big on the scientific aspect of this. We're really big on, I know when I was studying, I don't know if you felt that way, Georgia, I really felt if I'm going to be a therapist and charge money, I have to be able to prove what I say. I can't just say things. I have to give the proof of it. And the stuff we do, the research and the work we do is based on an empirically tested theory of cognitive behavioral therapy, the treatment of choice for anxiety. And I know science is very important to you as well.
3: It, it really is. This is not something, the wonderful thing is that we really do know what works for treating anxiety. Not only One of the wonderful things with being a specialist is all we deal with is treating anxiety all day, every day. And the wonderful thing about working at the center is every week we go through all of the empirical tests, what's happening, what works, what doesn't. So not only are we able to apply this with our clients and so we can tell by seeing which techniques are most effective, but then we also deal with the research that's cutting edge in order to help our people get better, faster. And so I'll ask you the first question, Sandra, which is,
2: what is anxiety? Yeah, it's such a good question. And I so appreciate you talking about the research, because um, anxiety is not what most people think it is. Most people think of anxiety and fear as being the same thing. And fear is like, if a line comes at you, you're supposed to be afraid, you should be afraid, you should be afraid, probably
3: something wrong, if you are not
2: afraid, (laughs) Right. If you just relax there, not such a good idea. It's not good for us. So we all, to get it out there, the idea of anxiety, I want people to start thinking about anxiety of fear of fear. So what does that mean? It's anticipatory. What if I see a lion as opposed to seeing a lion? So the situation hasn't happened yet and you're already thinking about it. And this has become very much on the increase. As a matter of fact, in North America, we know it is the number one mental health issue. Can you believe that? Well, being a
3: specialist in treating anxiety, I can, (laughs) but I don't know if all of the people that are listening do. But it's so, it's so very prevalent. And I think that in our culture, we've kind of demonized anxiety as being this horrible thing. Now, having anxiety is normal and
2: natural for us, right, Sandra? Oh, it's incredibly adaptive. And we're going to go through how adaptive it is. I want people, if you've tuned in tonight, I want you to start by thinking about the fact that anxiety is very treatable. Mm-hmm. We're really big on the positive aspects. So you're maybe listening maybe, you know, someone is going through anxiety and Georgia, when they come into the office, they always say my anxiety is different and you won't be able to help me. And the truth is that anxiety is very treatable. Right. However, Anxiety without treatment does tend to get worse. And why is that, Georgia? Well, the thing is, is that when you are
3: frightened of something, odds are you are going to avoid that. Mm. And when you avoid something, you are more fearful from it after. You, you're scared of going towards, say, you know, a dark room, a closet, an elevator. And then what happens after is when you leave that area, you feel relief. We have created a reward system, and anything that you reward will increase its behavior. So in and of itself, by avoiding something, we are making it greater, and so we are increasing the fear to that event. And that's why with some things, if you don't treat them, they could get better and or go away. But with anxiety, unfortunately, it feeds upon itself, and it's so treatable. It's not something that you have to have for the rest of your life. Now, anxiety in itself is natural to have, but you
2: don't have to live only part of a life. You can live a full life if now, you treat I it. I think we really have to pick up on that point so that to make it clear. So are you saying, Georgia, and I know you are um, playing with you a little bit, are you saying that if I have a panic attack tomorrow at a restaurant, that leaving the restaurant and never going back there is not a smart move?
3: In, in short answers, yes. Okay. Yes.
2: Can you explain to me why? I mean, I'm having a panic attack. It's making me nervous. I don't want to be here, so I'll just leave and I'll feel better. So, what's the problem? Which is that, unfortunately,
3: is the problem is that you're going to feel relief from going there, and you're not going to want to go back to that restaurant. But then, slowly, unfortunately anxiety is like a game of risk. It's going to grow upon itself. And so it won't even be that restaurant. It might be another crowded restaurant.
2: And then you're going to want to avoid that situation. So it generalizes. It it spreads. It's like a bad sort of like, for lack of a better analogy, like a cancer that spreads throughout you. So I'm really happy you're mentioning this because avoidance is the friend of anxiety. So if you want to get more anxiety, avoid something. Yes. And Georgia said it, and she's right. It's almost counterintuitive because if you If something makes you nervous, you naturally want to avoid it. However, that's the worst thing you could do. And one of the things we want to talk about is what do we know to be true about anxiety and anxiety treatment? And I think you just hit upon one of the key points is that we know that avoiding what you're afraid of is is sure to increase your anxiety. So that's – so what am I to do? Like I'm nervous about something. And now I know it's anxiety. I know it's fear, fear. I know I'm anticipating in my mind going into that restaurant is going to stress me out. So I come see you and I say, Georgia, I don't want to go to that restaurant. I don't want panic attacks. I don't like panic attacks. What am I to do?
3: I think that that's a beautiful response. And treating anxiety, you do also have to be careful. You want to be in between that growth period. You don't want to be feeling like you're forced and flooded and you're going to go too far, which will increase your feeling of panic and distress. You want this in manageable steps. You want your toes to be tipping in the water, not to jump into the entire pool on one step. So anxiety is your body's way of telling you what you need to do. It's actually good for us. It's our protection system. But what we're trying to do is you're trying to recalibrate your limbic system's response to what is happening. And so you can do that through gradated steps towards something, along with then dealing with the mental thoughts that kind of go with
2: having anxiety. So well said. And that's the science is we know there's basic strategies that work every time. So for the client who says, um, my case is different. Yes. Us therapists, we smile a little bit because anxiety is treatable no matter how weird your anxiety is. I mean, we've had some interesting cases at the clinic. We've had people well, you know, afraid of things like going out in public places, that's quite common driving. But I remember you having a case with somebody afraid to touch their eye. Yeah, I recently was told I need contact lenses. And I told a friend of mine, he's, and he said to me, how could you even consider touching your eye? Because mm-hmm. it makes him nervous the idea that people get nervous about blood about vomits there's like all sorts of things that come up for them
3: Yeah, so, so it could be needles yeah it could be dealing with confrontation it could be going into certain areas it could be warm rooms it could be crowded areas we can have an anticipatory response of not wanting to go somewhere to almost anything yeah
2: and and therefore there's no strange anxiety no it's all makes sense so we you know i think that you mentioned something we're about to go to break but i, I you mentioned something, we'll pick it up after the break, that's so important, which is the fact that your body's trying to get your attention. I always try to tell my clients, anxiety is your friend. Yes. And so you want to, instead of being so angry that you have anxiety, which is understandable because it's not pleasant, but to look at it like, why is my body trying to get my attention? And later on in the show, we're going to talk about the role of emotions and anxiety, because when you're not dealing with an emotion in your life, one of the symptoms that comes up often for people is anxiety, and you need somebody to guide you through it. I love I love how you said that, that
3: anxiety is your friend, because I think that we demonize anxiety and it's something that you want to get rid of. It's something that you should be afraid of. It's something that's dangerous to you. And it's not. It's one way that your body is trying to tell you that it is not comfortable with something. And, and anything that, again, now you're avoiding the anxiety itself. And now you're having fear of having a panic attack. And now you're You're going to have even more anticipatory anxiety going into a situation that's difficult. And so you want to listen to it. You want to understand it. You want to see what's happening. And then it's almost like undoing a knot. Yeah. Once you figure out the way that you got into this, it's the exact same way, slowly, and wonderful if you can find someone to do that with you, to find a way to undo that knot.
2: And I I think you mentioned earlier, and it's so important because we're here in Montreal, but many people listening aren't. -hmm. Is it's important to find a specialist. And you did use the word before. You know, it's like going to a generalist as opposed to a specialist when you go to the doctor. Is anxiety is is a very specific treatment. You really need to look for someone who's a specialist with cognitive behavioral training, uh, scientifically based strategies that work very, very well. So And and I have to I have to thank
3: thank you for that for, for having me join the center. Because when I was a generalist, I did treat anxiety, but I didn't understand it. There's something wonderful about treating something and treating it every day. You get to know the cues, the tips, what's happening. You already have a plan when someone's come in of how to get it out and you know what works because you've already dealt with it and so I think that it's one important that you have a comfortable relationship with if you are choosing to do this through with a therapist. And it's also wonderful if you have someone that really knows what's happening because I don't think that I really understood anxiety as well or even close to as well as I did when I treated that along with a hundred other different things that were
2: happening wrong in people's lives. Amazing. So we're going to take a short break and we'll be back to talk a little bit about the role of emotions and much, much more on anxiety. This is Straight Talk with Sandra (laughs) Riche.
0: Ladies, how about a luxurious weekend while learning to empower yourself? Join Straight Talk's Sandra Riche January 29th, at a gorgeous spa in Quebec for three days and two nights of empowerment, growth, and decadence delicious food, powerful learning, and much more. Life 2.0 The Retreat. Master how to command respect in your relationships. Learn about yourself and what is blocking you from living your best life. Meet other like-minded women and join in on The Retreat that sells out year after year. Isn't it time you chose you? Call us at 514-796-4357. That's 514-796-4357. Don't miss your chance to change your life and relationships forever.
1: Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety. Featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reisch. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety video therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Is it a time you choose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life.
0: A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reisch. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reish. So we're back. We have so much to talk about, Georgia. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so
2: much for having me. I'm here with my special guest, Georgia Dow. We were just starting to talk about um, the role of emotions and anxiety i'm going to go to that i just want to mention again for our callers or emailers today we are going to be giving away an anxiety video dvd so you'll tell them a little bit about that in a few minutes um let's talk about the fact that um the emotions and anxiety i mentioned this a bit last week on the show how emotions are energy in the body and when we don't deal with the energy in our body and our emotions in particular anger we know from research anger works on the same system in the body as anxiety um the emotions get stuck So often, for some people, you can get sick, and for some people, you can get a symptom of anxiety, which is, again, the idea that anxiety is your friend. So for me, personally, when I get a little um, rumble in my stomach or an uncomfortable feeling, it usually means that a boundary has been crossed, or someone's done me wrong, or something's troubling me. I'm taking on too many projects, and I'm not paying attention. Have you had that experience?
3: I have. I think that before I really understood, I just tried to repress all of my emotions. And <laughs> I, didn't want, I didn't want to deal with them. And then I would often get sick or I would get stressed. And I said, you know what? I'm supposed to just suck it up and kind of keep up with that. What What exactly is the role that, you know, holding down your emotions play in having anxiety?
2: Well, again, you know, they their energy, they don't disappear just because you push them away. So there's many people in life what that... What if I try really hard? You could become... I'm a master at it, but you're going to get a symptom. And I'm telling you, anxiety is the good news symptom because you could get quite sick. The problem is the energy gets trapped in the body. And if you have to keep pushing it down, you're using a lot of energy to keep it down. And you talk to people who have been through a lot of trauma and that's what they do is they don't want to feel emotions, right. but emotions are your guidance system. I've said that so many times without emotions, we cannot possibly Know where we're supposed to go. I need my anger to know if I have to speak up. I need my sadness to know I have to grieve. I mean, we even see complicated grief often shows up with anxiety symptoms because people say you've been grieving for a week or two. It's time to move on. That does not work.
3: Which is a beautiful thing. Your emotions. Your your emotions are there to tell you something and if you're not listening to them, you're not listening to you and whatever problems that you might be dealing with. And so you're gonna keep on feeling these problems. And I think that what happens often is that you're in an uncomfortable situation, it's your body's alarm system saying there's something wrong. Yeah. And think what would happen in your house. If the alarm on your house goes off and you just ignore it.
2: That's such a great metaphor. Amazing. You know, imagine if the alarm went off and you just yes. ignore it. What would happen that would be
3: that would be really Bad, and everyone would say that would be a horrible thing. I would never do that, right? Yet, we do that with our own emotions in ourselves. We try to ignore them in hopes that it will go away.
2: Yeah, well, I think that's exactly that. That's so beautifully said, and it's worthy of repetition. Is if the alarm in your house is telling you there's something wrong, you need to take care of it. So, if your body's giving you a take the
3: the, like the bell, I'm just gonna pull out the alarm,
2: right? Right, right, instead of looking at what the cause is, right? Because Mm -hmm. I think that often we're scared we're scared we are very scared and we're scared to find out the truth but the truth Mm -hmm. really like it's cliche but the truth does set you free so I need to know if I'm upset about things I need to know if I've taken on too many projects I need to know if I'm mad at someone and then I have the option to speak to them you're smiling Georgia
3: I'm smiling because I think that I I did feel that way I think that a lot of my time growing up I didn't really want to look at the my, my weaknesses, my... Vul- I think that even saying the word weaknesses and vulnerabilities was something horrible for me and I didn't want to go there. I just wanted to go to the, the parts of, m- of me that made me feel comfortable. But that was a huge weakness because if I don't see these issues, then how am I ever going to deal with them? And so it's almost like walking through life with blinders on and I'm going to yeah. hit a wall I just won't know before I hit it. So I love the way that you said that.
2: And I love what you're saying because you've also said to me that even in terms like... It's not really anxiety talk per se, but I I can't resist, is you've also said that vulnerabilities, and we talk about this also also often, is vulnerabilities is how we connect with other people. I've heard you say that nobody wants to hang out with uh, Martha Stewart. Yes. You know, what do you mean by that? What have you got against Uh, Martha Stewart?
3: Maybe she's listening.
2: (laughs) She's wonderful.
3: (laughs) She's fabulous. She's fabulous, but she's almost too good to be true. And you would, would you ever invite Martha Stewart over to have, um, you know, dinner at your house? it's, it's too much. And I think that I, I
2: would, I would but I'd be anxious. <laughs> right. I'd, I'd be, be anxious nervous. that my cutlery doesn't look.
3: Right I, would, <laughs> you know what I, mean? I would, I would be too stressed out to deal with it. I think that I used to go around the world with a mask on trying to be too perfect, too good. And I thought that two things, I, I believe that one, that people would judge me if they knew truly who I was, if they saw behind the mask, they wouldn't like who I was. And so I tried to, be too perfect but then I ended up being exceptionally fake and I wasn't real. And the coolest part was that the more real I was, I realized that people felt comfortable. You're like me and I have often people come up to me at the clinic and clients that would say, "You know what, Georgia, I love the fact that, you know, you're you're like us. You're yeah. one of us and I'm uh, of course I am. Yeah. I've been through these issues and I I think that that's one of the things that most impressed me about you. Was that you said that, you know, why you're such a good therapist is because you've really lived your life, you've been through your things,
2: you've been through hardship. Yes. And so you know the way. Yeah. Uh, I think that, you know, you're bringing up such interesting points. Um, I think that that's the danger of therapy. If I could make a comment about therapists is sometimes we're led to believe through our education to sort of present mm. to our clients that we have the answers, you're Beautiful. the ones with the problems. And the way I run the clinic, and that's what you liked, is that we we're, we're just humans with our own struggles. And I, I think working with a therapist that comes across like they've never had a struggle. I think it's disingenuous. Mm-hmm. I personally would not be able to relate to them. And definitely, I mean, it says in my bio, I turned my lemons into lemonade. I had some difficulties in my life, so I saw what I could do with them. And I think most good therapists have done that. And I think if you're solid in your skin, you're not uncomfortable to share that. And when I share a vulnerability with a client, and I know when you do, Mm -hmm. it just makes them that much more comfortable with you.
3: I I think it's really interesting because when I was taught, I was taught to be uh, very opaque. And so I would never show any emotions never show any feelings so even if someone was telling me a hardship a horrible story I was supposed to keep this stoic fake Mm. unrealistic face and I thought to myself oh my goodness I would never want to go to someone that I'm sharing my heart my soul to someone and they're acting like it does not even affect them and I loved that about you that you were real I was like I could go to her and I think that I would worry about you know my stuff would be judged or that I wouldn't be good enough if i went to someone and i'm i'm unleashing my heart to someone and they're they're kind of just looking at me as though my horrible story doesn't affect them and so i loved
2: how real you were about that and and honest you know we're going to move on on this anxiety but I do want to add to that because i it's a, such a sidebar but such an important sidebar about being vulnerable and real because I mm. think that's an immunizer against anxiety too because if you own your stuff it's a lot easier oh, I love that. And, and you to me are such a superstar and we recently had a discussion like and I was I was misinterpreting something you said and you actually because I see you as such an incredible like tower of strength she's a mm, jiu champion people <laughs> okay and you showed me a vulnerability and you said well that's what was going on for me and I was just like oh my god Georgia it never even occurred to me so why are we talking about this not everyone wants to hear our own dance but why is it relevant to people listening is because it is only through vulnerabilities that you can really understand someone else. And I want you to know that the field of psychology itself, for many years, discouraged emotions. And this is why we're going to talk about why anxiety in kids is on the rise soon. And this is a big factor, because we used to believe that emotions were weakness and emotions are strength. So we have to re-educate so many people about that, because, you know, men come Men in particular, they feel mm-hmm. like the you know the, the Marlboro man, the silent type, the stoic man. That's who you're supposed to be as a man. And that just does not work. And we had it wrong. We, we need our emotions. Emotions are a sign of your personal strength. I, I absolutely agree. So beautifully said. I think
3: that we don't talk enough about all of the things that we go through. And so if you're having a problem, someone's upset at you you and you can just, I remember once we were doing a PowerPoint presentation. I wasn't handing in the PowerPoint presentation yes. and you're like, what's, what's up with this Georgia? And I had to really look into myself as why am I avoiding dealing with this? And I went, I'm afraid of failing. I'm afraid that, that, and which hurt by the way, even just saying it out loud <laughs> to no one, I went, Oh, I don't like that because I'm very hard on myself. I'm very yeah. type A, very wanting it to be perfect. And right away when I said that I felt set free that, oh my goodness, this is my truth. And instead of being judged, you were wonderful. Say, oh, I can fully understand that. And I get it now. And so let's work on it together. It doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. It's okay.
2: So I think these vulnerabilities are so important. And I love what you were saying about even letting me know about yours. But what I was starting to say is that psychology itself didn't realize how emotions were strength till very recently. So this is why the kids are still... Uh, often brought up and many of our generation were brought up that emotions were weakness. So we have to relearn that emotions are a sign of strength. So that's something for people to think about. I want to move on to something very important, which is that I, you know, there is, there are a lot of people who avoid treatment. So um, you and I got together one day in the office and we said, we got to do something for these people. And anxiety videos, dot com was born. So I'm just, you know, wondering if you can tell us why we did this. Like, I mean, I know, but, you know,
3: yes, I think that I think that for a lot of people, the thought of going to see someone still carries a stigma. And so you worry about maybe other people finding out you worry about having to share openly your vulnerabilities and how will someone react to that, which can be really difficult. Plus, there's the cost involved the time involved. With therapy. With therapy. Mm -hmm. It it becomes really hard to go and find a good person as well. You might find someone and they're not your cup of tea, you don't feel comfortable, and then you don't want to have to go through that process again. So we thought of, you know what, for people that would like to get help and do it in the privacy of their own home at their own time, what a wonderful thing to have these tapes that you could have to be able to deal with. Plus, you could also re-watch them so a lot of my clients still get the DVDs because they can go back over a certain issue, a certain thought, and listen to it again.
2: Well, I want to hear more about those DVDs and what's on them, but we're going to have to take a break. This is Straight Talk with Sandra Reish.
0: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety. Featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety video therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Is it a time you choose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety videos and change your life forever.
0: Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reish. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to straight talk. Here's Sandra Reich. Welcome back
2: to Straight Talk with Sandra Rich. I am so having fun with my special, brilliant guest, Georgia Dow. Georgia, you were talking about these videos and this idea of getting them out to people so that they could work on their anxi- anxiety in the comfort of their homes. So what's on the videos?
3: Well, we we decided that it would be a lot of fun to go through the videos as if they were each a session. So you could treat your anxiety through... Session one of what you and I would both deal with if it was the first time that we ever met you. And then we also give homework on what should you be working on that we would give in a first session of treatment.
2: Oh, wow. Okay, so that means that there's a session two, a session three, and so on and so forth. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And and there's a specialty series, I understand. Right, because there's certain
3: things. So we have a certain treatment plan that we will go through no matter what you are dealing with. If you're dealing with OCD, if you're dealing with a phobia, if you're dealing with generalized anxiety, if you're dealing with panic attacks, there's a certain template that we deal with. But at certain points, you need to have that offshoot where you would go off to, well, if you're really not, if you're really having trouble sleeping, We need to deal with that first before we're going to deal with the other issues with anxiety for a really great reason, which you always say is that if we're not dealing with the foundations of the reasons that have caused the anxiety of how to help them, then you can't go on to step two. It's almost like saying you need to learn to walk before you run. And so we end up with these specialty series videos that you can deal with and go into depth if you're having insomnia or other issues that we have.
2: That's amazing. So somebody's going to win one today, right?
3: Someone, some, one lucky person that either sent in an email or that's going to be calling in is going to win one of the videos. Well,
2: you know what? We have a caller on the line right now. Let's see what they have to say. This is Tony from Montreal. Hi, Tony. You're on Straight Talk with Sandra Reach. Hi. Hi, Tony. Can you hear us? Hello. Hello. Tony, can you hear us? We can't hear Tony. Mm-hmm.
3: Tony?
2: Hi, Tony. Hi, Hi, how how are you?
3: Thank you so much for taking my call, Sandra, in Georgia. Oh, Um, we're
2: happy to have you. Great
3: great topic. Um, I am always worrying about things. i uh, I constantly worrying about about whatever
2: it would be, and even if my
3: life is going well, I I feel a little bit nervous about something. I feel like I always should be nervous about something. I'm just wondering if you have any strategies for me.
2: That's a wonderful question. Such a It's such a common problem for people. I mean, we spend our lives wondering if things can go wrong. And let's be honest, things can go wrong. I would imagine those worry thoughts start with what if. Like, what if this happens? What if that happens? Is that about right? That's absolutely true. Okay. So the strategy we like to use with what if is we turn our what ifs into so what if. Now, that might sound flip. But other than dying, most what ifs are solvable. I mean, let's face it. What if I have a car accident? Not great, but unless I die, I can get through this. What if the kids don't get a good mark in school? Not great, but there's things we can do. So using what if into so what if tends to calm down the nervous system. Does that make sense?
3: That does make sense.
2: Georgia, thoughts?
3: I think that also we spend all this time worrying about something that could happen, that we're not enjoying the fact that it has not as of happened yet. And when I was younger, I often worried about my father passing away. What would happen if my father died? And I would cry at night when he would leave because it could happen. There's always that grain of truth that but he could pass away when he left me. And at some point, I thought to myself, I'm mourning his death before he has died. And so I'm wasting all this precious time of being healthy, of dealing with things, mourning what could happen. And I said to myself, you know what, when that day arises – when something could happen, then that's the time to deal with it. To deal with it, but until then, I should enjoy that it hasn't happened as of yet.
2: So, two great strategies: turn your what ifs into so what if, and come back to the moment. And I'll add one more in, which is this, you have to ask yourself the statistical probability of the thing you're afraid of. How lightly is it going to happen? So, you go on a plane, people are nervous, it could crash. Look at statistical probability. What's the chance it's going to crash? So, I don't know if those are helpful to you, Tony. Those are really helpful. Thank you very much. It's a it really great information. Thank you so much for your call. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye-bye. So we're getting a whole bunch of questions now on anxiety. I guess we stirred up some dialogue. I have an email from John in Westmount, and he's asking a question that I really think is up your alley, Georgia. Georgia deals a lot with children, and he's wondering why anxiety is increasing so much in kids these days. Why is that, Georgia? Our clinic, when I opened the clinic, it was an adult clinic, and now we're 49% children. What happens? So I think that what happens a lot with children and anxiety is that, one, there's
3: many more activities that we want our children to get involved in, and so there's a lot on their plate. And at times, we can not give them much time to relax. We also deal a lot with the fact that we're doing more and more things for our children, and How do we learn that we can cope? How do we learn that it's going to be okay to make a mistake if we're hovering over them, making sure that they don't fall down? We learn that we are resilient by falling down and being able to pick up the pieces.
2: And isn't resiliency the most important gift we can give our kids?
3: Not only is it the most important gift, it's also one of the greatest things to resiliency is about learning that you fall down, you can pick up the pieces, and it also leads to greater life success because you learn that if you fall down, you're not going to break. And I end up treating a lot of adults that are so worried about failure. I was one of them so worried about failing that I wouldn't try. And that's a huge sadness. And now we're all trying to, you know, be better than and deal higher and do more. And that can be something that's self-defeating because my father would often tell me, well, if you're not going to do that, right, don't do it at all. And so I ended up having this procrastinating perfectionism. Yes. I'd wait, I'd wait, I'd wait, because I would avoid. But I really wanted it to be great
2: at the same time. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, that doesn't work out really well. Yeah, well, we're being tested with today with our tech, our, our little connection problems. So yes. I think we're handling it pretty well. Uh, I understand we have another caller. So um, Bob is on the phone from Montreal. Uh, hi, Bob.
1: Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Very well, thank you. I wanted to ask you about technology and anxiety, because... As much as people keep saying these are
2: labor saving devices, they just, they just keep not working or they keep making (laughs) you available or, or you, you, you have a, someone knows you sent something and didn't get back to them quickly. It's very stressful. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Georgia, you're a specialist in technology and anxiety. What are your thoughts? I, 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 d- yes, I do do a technology podcast. <laughs> you do. So and, you would be the person. And, and it's kind of interesting because we use
3: technology in hopes that it will make our lives better and that we can be more relaxed. But now we have these machines that beep, buzz, call us, and there's very little shutdown time. I, we're Rarely, I bet everyone that's listening right now is less than six feet from their cell phone.
2: Well, I have to say, we have two computers and two cell phones near us right now. Right. Yeah. And,
3: and, they're, they're and things are still going wrong. <laughs> and they're still going wrong. And you have that that's beeping and buzzing. And I think that also you end up with this companionship relationship with your phone in that you use this to soothe yourself. So I am one of the people that will use my technology to help myself go to sleep, which is completely counterintuitive Yeah. because it doesn't actually help us go to sleep. It's constantly feeding us information. And so I'm not able to calm down. I'm not able to slow myself down so that I can be relaxed and able to go to sleep.
2: Yeah, amazing stuff. Bob, such a great question because again, technology also really stimulates our brain neurons and, and gets them going. And this is one of the problems with kids we see all the time is that they're being stimulated so much and then when they go off the technology, it's very hard for them to relax. Is that a bit what you're talking about, Bob? It, it's just constant. My sister sends me these stickers and it beeps first thing in the morning. And right. then you, you're <laughs> right. checking to see for mail at night before you go to sleep and it, it doesn't end.
3: Yes. Yeah. And sometimes you'll feel like that things are happening. If you turn yourself off of technology, you also end up with this feeling
2: of a withdrawal. Yes.
3: Because the world is happening. There's all these cool things so that are happening.
2: The fear of missing out. Soon. And so, yes, exactly.
3: Yeah. I'm going to miss out. So you want to be part of it. But now you're part of this cycle of, of having to be part of the rat race. Yeah. And disconnecting is also really important. Plus the phones are also sending us all, all technology, computers, the television also. It's going through this flickering effect and we're constantly feeding our brain, not being able to soothe ourselves. Does that help?
2: That's tremendously helpful. Thank you both so much. Thank you for your question, Bob. So, um, Georgia, the time is going ridiculously fast. Like, you clearly have to come back because we have not covered the food, sleep, exercise. That's I definitely true. want to go into that. And I think there's a lot to talk about in terms of children. Um, but before we run out of time, I'd like to know, um, I'm sure people would like to know where they can find you first of all. What are you up to these days?
3: So one is I work at the MCAD. So you could, of course, find me there. And our website,
2: it's helpforanxietydepression.com, the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression. And also,
3: um, you can check us out at anxiety-videos.com website. You can send an email if you have any questions to that. And if you're looking about dealing with treatment and you would like to do this at home, you can also check it out there. And I work for iMore.com, which is a technology website and a plethora of different podcasts. And, of course, on Twitter, I'm at Georgia underscore Dow. Now, Sandra...
2: What amazing, you're always <laughs> up to amazing
3: things, and always up to, we talk about type A personalities,
2: yeah. you're always up to well, many different well, things. Well, it's interesting you said that, because we never got to that, but who is most prone to anxiety, by the way? Type, type A, a personalities. personalities. And yet, don't you want your brain surgeon to be a type A personality?
3: Type A, the wonderful thing about type A is that you are the mover and shaker of the world, Yes. but the other edge of the sword is you destroy yourself, Yes. because you will <laughs> so do you have- everything no matter what.
2: So we're both type A's, and we both, even as therapists, have to always watch our own self-caring Techniques. And when Georgia comes back, we're going to teach some self-care techniques. There's a lot to learn on that. Okay, so uh, actually, uh, very exciting. This weekend, I'm at a Stress Management and Health Solutions Fair and Symposium. It's a full-day event. I'm going to be speaking on overcoming personal obstacles and deploying your fullest personal expression, which basically mean, means how to live your best life in spite of obstacles. It's and who good- doesn't
3: want to do that? Exactly.
2: It's so important. It's there's still tickets available. It's at www.wildbeing.com or if you forget that, just go on the Facebook page, straight talk with Sandra Rich, And, um, it's a very reasonable price and it's, I'm not the only speaker. There's many amazing speakers and I'm gearing up for January's empowered women's women retreat, which is a three day, two night, you know, all about this, where I take women to really work on their journey in a beautiful decadent spa with organic food. I love that combo. It's our 10th, retreat. Can you believe that? I can't
3: believe it. I've had so many of my people go down and I have so much fun when I hear about all the wonderful things that people are learning and how that's really changing their lives.
2: Okay. So, um, I, I really, really appreciate that. Um, and actually that, you know, that the people are coming there and that they get that. I, I guess part of it is what we're talking about. And we will be able to talk a little bit more about that, which is the reason I do the retreats and it's a sidebar. Forget the retreats for a moment is that, um, I found exactly what we're talking about is teaching people to live your best life or heavy stuff like that is really good when you do some work with the mind and body because it's a lot to take in. You know, even in therapy, clients sometimes want to stay for hours and hours and we don't let them. Mm -hmm. It's a lot to take in. So we really decided to do retreats to help people to have some learning time and some downtime. And by the way, to your technology question, and to Bob out there at the retreats, no cell phones are allowed. So people go through withdrawal first. By the end of the weekend, they're glowing. It's just incredible. It really speaks to the fact that we all need a technology break from time to time.
3: And I think that a lot of people will spend time on doing things for others, of researching their car. And we really need to think about taking time for ourselves. What's more important than learning about yourself and dealing with your own journey so that every step in your life will be for you for the right reasons and once you really get to know yourself you do feel empowered
2: unbelievable so i mean you know we have a couple of minutes left and you know we'll just tease it out there a little bit we ran out of time but you know what are the basic things that people can take away from this show what's the first thing that people need to do to make their lives better especially if they have anxiety you know at the clinic i'm big on saying that until they do these three things um We are ripping off our clients. We have to teach them these three basic things. Now, we won't have time to go into them, but what are they?
3: So the first three things are really simple because you can all do them at home. And so the first one is food. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you are feeding your body. It's really important. What you put into your body is what you're going to get out of it. What's the second one, Sandra?
2: The second one is exercise. Exercise has a profound effect on your body you release adrenaline adrenaline is a key factor in anxiety if you have anxiety and you're not moving your body it's the first thing you want to do it's good for all of us we don't always feel like doing it it is has they have shown in study after study it often has the same effect as an antidepressant medication which is the medication of choice for anxiety yes. very important and you
3: don't have to do a lot of it and everyone feels they don't want to do it beforehand but you always feel better after you're done And last but not least. Sleep. Yeah. Sleep is so important. And I think that it has been much maligned that sleep was for the lazy. Not at all. That sleep is a waste of time. And unfortunately, it's usually the first thing that we short when we're busy or stressed. And we don't miss out on that sleep. And sleep will make you feel calm, relaxed. And also, you will eat less and you will feel sharper throughout the day if you're getting your sleep.
2: Awesome. So, Georgia... I would like to know if you'd come back and talk about sleep um, at a later date. Would that, would, would that work for you? I would love to. I would
3: love to. I'm putting her pleasure. on the spot. No, it would be my pleasure.
2: Okay, so let me tell everybody what's coming up, and we also have to give away our prize, which is next week as it's American Thanksgiving. There won't be a live show, but we will rebroadcast a show. Uh, so we'll find I'll let you know on the website about that. And in two weeks, my special guest is Celine Feld, a top psychologist, a parenting specialist who will be discussing with me parenting, do's and don'ts, mummy guilt, and much, much more. I mean, Georgia, you know her. She's amazing. She's you will ab- love-
3: Absolutely fabulous, dynamic. It's going to be a great
2: show. So you don't want to miss that. Please call in. Please email your questions in the meanwhile. And Georgia, before we run out of time, what about our winner today? We had two amazing calls. We had an email. Who's the winner?
3: The winner is Tony. So we'll be sending out your DVD that will go through session one on how to treat anxiety so that you can live a
2: better life. Well, congratulations, Tony. I want to say an incredible special thanks to the amazing, brilliant Georgia Dow top psychotherapist, incredible uh, anxiety specialist, and I want to continue this discussion with you. This is Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Keep your eyes on the stars. See you next week.
1: Thank you for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. We hope you've enjoyed today's show and we'll tune in again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Now, go live your best life.